Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the One Broke Actress podcast. If you have been listening for a while, thank you so much for tuning in. If this is your first time, welcome. This is an honest account of actor life, plus a few lessons I learn in the process. I am your host, Sam Valentine, aka One Broke Actress. And I am so excited you guys are here with me today. We are going to take a little turn today because we have someone on the podcast who's not an actor and who doesn't work on film sets but visits film sets. I'll get into it in just a moment. For now, let's get the paperwork out of the way. You guys, did you get the call sheet? The call sheet is a weekly wrap-up of some actor-driven headlines, things you need to know. We've been talking about pilots, the latest movies, stuff everyone's talking about and you should get yours. If you go to the subscribe section of onebrokeactress.com, you can just click in there and subscribe. And it's super fun, and we'll probably be adding some cool new stuff to it shortly. So make sure you're on that list for the latest updates. It's just like a little Sunday letter, just like a little something fun in your inbox. And then, you know, when you're going to bed that night and being like, God, I drank seven mimosas, but I did nothing for my acting career. You can be like, oh, wait, yes, I did. I got the latest headlines from the call sheet. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Okay, guys. Also, please make sure you are following me at Sam Valentine on Instagram. I have announced a couple cool new things there lately. I'm also working on, and tell me if you guys are interested in this, but I am working on an upcoming project. I think I'm just going to call it Get Your Shit Together, where a bunch of actors all come together and I'm going to host some live Facebook talks and uh, host a bunch of like bullet-pointed things we can do to work on our acting career as a group. For example, submitting to new agents, agents or managers, or if you just want to get your stuff in order, get your ducks in a row. So that is something I'm working on. If you're interested in that, I want you to go to Sam Valentine on Instagram and comment on my Instagram post from Monday the 9th, and it's me holding champagne shrugging my shoulders. I want to know if you guys are interested in something like that because I think that it could be really helpful for all of us to work on that together, me included. I'm definitely not exempt from this group. So I just like people to hold me accountable and I think this could be a fun way to do that. So tell me if you're interested in that. I think that brings us to the show that covers the Instagram, website, call sheet. Yep. Check, check, and check. All right, guys. Today on the podcast, we have Brett Bell, who is a SAG contracts rep. So if you're thinking, oh, I'm not in SAG, this episode's not for me, pause. This episode is for anyone who, A, has made their own work or wants to make their own work, B, lives in Atlanta and doesn't know the exemptions of that area, C, is considering being a member of SAG and not sure how to do it, or D, is a member of SAG and have no idea what your rights are on set. So Brett covers a whole span of things. He even showed up with a whole worksheet for me that I was so blown away by. So that is going to be available on onebrokeactress.com. If you go to the podcast section and click on the link to this podcast, I'm going to shoot all the show notes into there. And this is probably one of the better show notes because he literally made me a full printout. Like he is on top of it. He goes over everything you need to know about the exemptions for creating your own projects, how to make it union. Um, There's links to that in the show notes as well. We talked about why some people can work non-union jobs in Atlanta, even though they're union, which decide what you will about that because that's an Atlanta law. It's not really a, anywho, that's a whole, it's a whole bag of worms. Um, So there's, there's so much in here. 
And I know from the offset, it can feel a little dry because it's so much information. But if you really take a minute and listen to this podcast or an hour and really tune in to all the stuff he has to say, you'll really realize not only the stuff he's sharing with us today, but the fact that these staff members from SAG, who are not members of the union themselves, they just work for SAG, are really passionate about what they do. He is so full of information, and he has answered any and all questions I've sent his way since I met him on a set. And I've been blown away by him. And he is actually being kind enough to offer up his email address directly to all of you. So if you have any sort of issue, even if it doesn't fall in his realm, he is open to trying to help find you the person to answer your specific questions. I know the union can be really overwhelming at times. So this really brought a face to a name in a really comforting way to me. So I think you're really going to enjoy this. So... The audio is a little funky because this is one of the earlier recorded podcasts of the season before I had my microphones up to date. So forgive the audio, but turn the volume up as you need to. And without further ado, please enjoy Brett Bell from SAG-AFTRA. So we'll just get started. So I am here with Brett, a representative of field services from SAG. Hi. Hi there. (laughs) Thanks so much for coming. Absolutely. My pleasure. Uh, so I met you on a commercial set, and yes. at the time, I had never met a field services rep before. I'd actually never met someone from SAG who wasn't in the union before. Oh. So when you came in, you were like, hey guys, I just want to say I'm here. Uh, if anyone has any questions, uh, my hand shot up, and I was like, I'll sit there. <laughs> so yeah. we talked for a hot minute, and uh, I was so excited to have you on because I think there's a lot. Number one, people don't understand this side of the union very Mm. well and there's a lot we don't know that we have rights to know yeah so talking to a human is always so much easier so what do you do that's what we're there for yeah (laughs) um yeah well i'm you know i'm a business representative in field services and officially we as a department you know we monitor and enforce the contracts um there's a lot of them there's the sag side of the contracts then the after side um, when we're on set, you know, we, we meet with productions tend to think that we're just there for like background actors, but we are there for every level of member, whether it be the principals, uh, stunt performers, uh, singers, dancers, puppeteers, pilots, there's a lot of it. So, uh, we're just kind of there as a presence, um, that presence you know, helps the contracts not get, you know, too broken up because uh, productions don't know when we're going to show up. Which they, is cool. Yeah, they, they know when we're there because then they grab the mic and, you know, the radio and tell everybody. But still, it's like, will he show up today? Will they show up uh, tomorrow or whenever, you know? And like so it, it kind of it keeps them on edge. Yeah, exactly. So... Uh, we do that um, when we're there, me in particular, a little bit of a medical background, so I like uh, safety's a big concern with the union. Um, I'm always checking conditions, you know, holding areas, uh, anywhere where there might be danger, weather-related, whatever. Um, so what, what qualifies is that, then? Is that uh, just, where, you know, where the actors are set? Is it 
you know, having food and water available? Is it, you know, temperatures? Because I've been on sets that are like so hot and so cold. Yeah. Is that all? That yeah, it, that can all come into play. Temperatures, uh, they don't really become hazardous until it's in extreme heat or extreme cold because stuff in between can be, uh, you know, helped out by what the production does in terms of holding or just where they're going to put the performers. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, the, the two extremes can be a problem sometimes. What was so that we, Leonardo DiCaprio movie where he was in the, in the freezing glaciers filming all the time? Mm. <laughs> I didn't see it, but I know what you're talking about. Was it re, the Rev? Revenant. Revenant or something? Yeah. Yeah, I heard that was a fun set. Yeah, they can be, so I'm sure. So how do you then, you just randomly go to sets. How do you pick what set you're going to go to on what day? Okay. Uh, from my, it, it can either be from my side or it can be from my office, which uh, Randall, my director, monitors productions from, uh, you know, from the office and tries to get us out to what we need to be on. But when I look in the morning, uh, first off, I get a couple different lists of productions. Some of them are casting lists from background actors. Uh, others are just lists that uh, Veronica, our office coordinator, puts together and gives us information. Okay, this is shooting here. You have this number of performers, stunts, background, you know, some locations to show up to. So I look at all that and I think, okay, where have I been recently? Because we typically visit sets about once a week, sometimes every other week, depending on our, uh, you know, how busy we are and how many projects are going. And are these typically not studio lots or are they? They are location work. They are studios. I cover Paramount and I'm one of the reps. There's a few of us that cover uh, Paramount and Warner Brothers, but other reps cover Universal then we kind of, you know, depending on where we live and how we can get to something fast, we have uh, one rep, Robert, that lives on the west side, so he covers all the Sony and that kind of thing. And okay. then we get Hollywood and the Valley and kind of go from there. So uh, then, so the three things, basically, I, I look at where have I been recently. Um, where do I have the most members? So I can be efficient and get to as many members as I can. So does your list say where the union versus non-union kind of? Uh, I've never seen a non-union list. Okay. So I may see, you know, oh hey, I have four stand-ins, and you know, uh, maybe there's ten back or, you know, ten background actors, and I said, okay, well they haven't reached a TV cap of twenty-one union background actors and three stand-ins. But if it does get to that cap, then I don't know. There could be another 50 background actors there when I get there. But they're all non-union. Oh, I didn't know about that cap, by yeah. the way. Yeah, there's, there's a couple caps, and I can go over those for you as well with uh, theatrical, television, new yeah. media, stuff like that. Okay, so, we'll get, I'm getting too excited. Yeah. So what's the third thing you look for when you're looking at your list? Um, ju- ju- proximity. Like, I'm, I'm, I cannot be efficient if... If I start and drive down to Long Beach from where I live in La Crescenta, which is like North okay. Glendale, yeah, that would also and suck. you know, and I've eaten up you know a third of my day there, uh, and then go to San, you know, maybe 
drive all the way up to like Santa Clarita and then I'll finish in Pasadena. No, it doesn't work. <laughs> I try to get it's like, like the big X on the map. Yeah, a triangle. It's uh you know, I say, okay, I've got two shows in Hollywood and I've got one in Burbank. That'll give me a concise area. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's a, another factor that could determine where we go. Even if we have our day set, the office could call and say, hey, there's a problem at this set. Or we're getting a lot of calls because of uh, treatment, you know, behavior from mm-hmm. crew or AD or something. And, uh, or there might be some miners on set, and they're not adhering to the working hours of the miners, that type thing. Okay. Or there's big stunts, or you know, and some cases uh, there's stuff that can contractually be fixed because we have to go by the contracts. Okay. In some cases it's not, but it's still good to be a presence and let production know, yeah, we're still here. So. So you're sometimes dispatched if a situation gets a little hairy, yeah. you guys come in. Yeah, I mean, it could be my boss could say the night before, like, hey, can you start here tomorrow? Or I could be in the middle of my day, and he's like, where are you? Can you go here? So we send in reports saying, hey, I just left Warner Brothers. I'm heading to Paramount. That way they have an idea of where we're at and who's close to a set if we need to get there. So. Got it. Okay, so you get to set. You kind of check everything out, get the lay of the land. And how long do you usually stay? Um, they could be, set visits could be anywhere from, you know, on average it's, I spend, it could be like an hour and a half, hour and 45, even two. Sometimes they're an hour, sometimes they've been half hour. If I have a lot I got to get to and there's no problems and mm-hmm. I'm trying to hit other sets. But I try to spend a good amount of time. So when I walk in, I meet who I can meet. We are not to interfere with the production. Okay. Like when I met you in the commercial, you guys were in holding, and I wanted to make sure I go over there to where my performers are and say, okay, I'm, this is who I am. I am not just want to make sure I'm not interfering with it because we can't interfere with the production. But they, you know, we have contractual authority to be on set. So. so then if there were to be a situation where you get to a set, for a surprise visit, say, yeah. and there's an issue of some kind. Do you go about fixing it, or do you report it? I do, it yeah. Well, there's... You whip out a First of all, I sp- I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm real big on uh, member anonymity and protecting the member, and I, I get the one or the several members are f- that are being affected by something, and we just engage in a discussion, and then... We figure out, I can tell them, oh, this is contractual, this is not, so I can't do any, or, you know, along those lines. Um, And then we kind of go and say, yes, I can enforce this. Or, you know, if the member is not so sure about it, then there's ways. I mean, I can basically start with, like, even an assistant director and go, hey, you know, just so you know, this should be this way. I just happen to notice it. So I always try to deflect yeah, because it feels as an act- this is getting real deep real quick, but <laughs> as an actor, sometimes uh, a lot of us are used to kind of being, especially if you're not a lead or a principal or something. Mm. Especially for my actors out there who are listening who do background, um, sometimes you can feel like you're on the bottom of the totem pole in mm. a way, and so you don't know where you stand or what you can ask for. Yeah. So it's it's so cool to know that. I know they always say, just call SAG and they'll help you. Mm. But 
sometimes it feels like you're making a big deal out of nothing or like yeah. and I'm sure there's sometimes where it is just people being over dramatic but I just like that there's a, a human you know to me I never look at it that way I, I mean everyone is a performer to me mm-hmm. if, if there's a reason it's called principal performer background performer stunt performer these are performer levels and and I don't even like to call them problems they're concerns hey I've got a question or I've got a concern that's what I'm here for you know, it's it's your contract. You know, it's the member's contract to know as much as they can. But, you know, I I work in service for the members. So it's like you're focusing on your career. You got a question? Let me know. I can get you that, arm you with that information so you can use it as a tool, you know. I need to, you answered all my questions that day. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so let's get into some of the questions that... Uh, were asked from my Facebook group and from some actors okay. who I chatted with. Um, first things first, um, beyond visiting the sets, people were super interested in just the contracts mm-hmm. in general and the types of contracts there are okay. because you know you you hear the words thrown around all the time like ultra low budget, scale, this, that, and the other mm-hmm. thing. So can you kind of walk us through what those mean? Yeah, I'll, I'll try to be concise with it. Um, basically, well, it, there's like the commercial contract. On the SAG side, you have the codified basic agreement, or we just call it the basic agreement sometimes. Um, so the commercials, television, theatrical, new media, they're all kind of rooted in that, and there, there's some differences, you know, okay. little tweaks or something might... Uh, have more of a monetary um, amount to it if it's on a commercial contract and it's broken or an adjustment or a bump or something like that versus, you know, a TV contract. Uh, So commercials are very intricate. The commercial department we have, they know that contract best. Like us as field reps, we know as much as we can, or I may have mentioned, uh, about all of them. Okay. So we're good for answering that question, but also to direct the member to the proper department. Uh, then you have, um, I'll go with uh, theatrical next. Um, if you want to know, I can briefly go through some levels of that. Yeah, I'd love that. Okay. Uh, full theatrical contract is anything over two and a half million dollars. Um. The numbers, the caps we were talking about earlier with like background actors, uh, the first 57 on a full theatrical have to be union, and one stand-in is excluded, so a total of 58. Oh, Anybody okay. above that is can be non-union, but on that in that case is the same as TV, which I'll touch on later. Uh, if you have four stand-ins, that subtracts three from the background count. Okay. Because the standing count is excluded. Yeah. Okay. Um, And then, kind of what you mentioned earlier with scale pay, like that one, the most, first of all, the definition of, I had had it here listed. uh, It's basically, it's any scale pay is the the minimum pay that uh, the different performer levels um, have 
as it's negotiated during collective bargaining. So that means SAG-AFTRA uh, will say, you know, the members, because the, the members um, work with the, the staff of the contract. So they might say, yeah, we'd like this amount. And the AMPTP, which everybody has the contract with, Teamster, Zayatsi, mm-hmm. they'll, no, we don't want to pay that. And it's like, so then you go back and forth and you get, you know, or this is the three, it's usually built on percentages. Okay. Two, two and a half, three percent raises, that type thing. And that's set by SAG on a yearly basis? Uh, three years. Three years. Every, okay. all, most of the contracts, especially on the SAG side, uh, it's every three years, and then it's like we just had in mm-hmm. in the middle of 2017, and then it's negotiated and uh, bargained with. So that particular one, if you're a principal day player on a, a full theatrical, it's going to be nine fifty six a day. Now, as I mentioned, that scale. In the scale, that doesn't mean that you or your agent manager can't negotiate for higher. Mm-hmm. It doesn't cap you. Obviously, we know that when you hear someone's getting twenty million a picture, or, you know, because those are contracts. Um. The next one down is called theatrical low budget or low budget theatrical. It doesn't when you hear low budget, I mean it, it can go up to two and a half million. Um, so <laughs> not, that's not exactly low budget. Yeah, it's not exactly low budget. Plus there are um I thought I had it down here, but there's there's incentives that you can use with the low budget and the next one down, which is called modified theatrical or modified low budget, really. Mm-hmm. And those are uh, like diversity and casting incentive. Oh, okay. Meaning, especially with the low budget contract, if you use, and I don't know the percentages, but if you use a certain percentage during your scheduling of the film, of senior performers, uh, disabled performers, uh, performers of color, minority, and uh, I believe it's female performers, that that allows you to add a certain amount. And I thought I had it down. I don't, but it's a. Uh, I can make a chart. Yeah, it's a certain it's a certain amount of of money that gets added, and it does not take you. Okay, great. You know, now I can hire Sam Valentine because I've got this much money, which I didn't have before. Another investor put it in. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and so, and it, without putting the production into the full theatrical category. Got it. So you can category. Stay in so your it's a tax, yeah, tax brackets and stuff. Money. That's um, cool. I didn't know about that. Yeah. So a lot of them do it. Uh, modified theatricals, those are pretty popular. Um, it has to be less than seven hundred thousand. Uh, yeah, modifieds, ultra lows—they uh, have to be shot in the U.S. Okay, so those are not the ones that are shooting in Canada. No. Okay. Yeah, those are usually full. Um, so with the modifieds, there's also well, let me go back to your low budget real quick. The performer minimum pay scale for that is six thirty. I know, I think I put a day, but it's an eight-hour thing on that, mm-hmm. just like a standard rate here. Um, and a standard day is eight hours. Well, that's eight we know we don't work those in the film yeah. business, but yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, mod- but going back to the modifieds, 
Those also. Now, there's no, that incentive program, the diversity and casting I mentioned, that exists on the modified low-budget contract, too, theatrical. Um, but there is no back, that's where the background coverage stops. Now, I missed, I missed something else here. Back on the low-budget, instead of a full theatrical where it's 57 background plus one stand-in, minimum usage, there's a total of 30 for low-budget contract, and that's everybody. Okay. Uh, yeah, busted low-budget uh, productions not using union background. Really? They thought they could get away with it or there was a mistake made. Sometimes it's malicious, sometimes it's not. And then I inform them, like, hey, this is getting turned in, and they're like, you know. And then do they have to pay a fine or something like that? Well, in one case that I did... I don't believe there were liquidated damages, but they had to go back and adjust those contracts. And so all the ones that had been used uh, got put on union vouchers. Oh, okay. So they had to... Yeah, so they had to do it, and then you got to pay pension and health on that. And, and so I, I won't give them, <laughs> you know, I won't give an amount, but yeah, I cost these guys a lot of money, but it's, and sometimes they'll ask you to turn your head. It's like, no, yeah, no. that's not what we do. And, and you, you, you can't, you, I'm, you know, contractually, I have the right to be there and certain protection. So, you know, I don't, you can think what you want about me, but I'm going to do the job I was hired to do. So, Hell yeah. yeah. And I've actually busted two low budgets doing that. Really? Um, yeah. So, but now I'll go back down to the modified. They have something special that is not used much, but the performer, principal performer day rate on the modified low budget is three thirty-five a day. Um, but they have something called a background incentive, and not a lot of producers know about it. And I try to let in let them know when I get on there. Uh, and it's a it's a background incentive that allows them to have an additional one hundred and twelve thousand to the budget. Oh, so okay. that incentive, the diversity one, I know it's I don't want to give an inaccurate amount, but it's like three hundred thousand or two something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the background one, it just means you have to use three per day. But if you you three don't have to use them members. three union members, yeah, you don't have to use them. All in one day, you could get two or three professional stand-ins that are going to help your day get shot at a faster rate because they know what they're doing with lighting and going through mm-hmm. the movements. Uh, but if you have a club, say you have a 20-day shoot, and you're using that incentive. So three times 20 is 60. You have to use 60 at some point during the production. You could use all 60 in a club scene. Oh, that's so good to know. Yeah. Okay. And so the producer's mind's going to say like, well, out of 112, I've got to spend 20 grand on background actors. I'm not sure I want to do that, but it's, dude, you've got 80,000 now. Yeah. Then you Once again, you can money. hire Sam Valentine. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Hire Sam Valentine. <laughs> so to, to, you know, get the show pumped up. So <laughs> that's that. Then when you get below, there's an ultra low budget. We don't visit those too much just because we don't have the man time but we do like to get out to them these are very popular right now especially with a lot of my listeners i will say um this working actor who are not full low budget or modified yeah and breaking this down the ultra low budget is so popular yeah so let's chat about that for a second okay i i personally like it uh 
I went on one where I ran into a uh, stand-in that I had met early on in my uh, employment with the SAG-AFTRA. And he just was always reading scripts, and he wanted to really be a principal actor. And he just, I always, I was really in awe of him, you know? Here I go up in the mountains, and I run into this guy, and he's a principal actor on one of these. Oh, he's the lead male. And, yeah, the, the rate, the minimum rate, you know, is 125 a day. But you're doing your craft. Oh yeah, this you're I've performing. So like yes, and it's and and we know it. But if someone's at Redbox and they see, you know, an actor that they recognize, and then they rent it, they don't know what the budget is. Right. Maybe the score might tell them, <laughs> you know, or something. But I mean, between we would know that. But. Yeah. Um, and then they see you or see this other actor and go, wow. I have another project coming up and this is, you know, this is also resume material and everything. So I, I like those. Uh, and it's kind of a good break on the production because they can, that's the one they can use a mixture of professional and non-professional. Okay. Meaning they can also hire a, a non-union principal actor. How many union actors do they have to have for it to qualify as a SAG ultra low budget? I don't know that. Okay. I'm not sure about that one. I'll have to look that one up. Uh, I know the budget, like I said, uh, and there's no Taft Hartleys on that one. Okay. There are on on the mod, uh, the modifieds, the low budgets, the theatricals, meaning they don't process them on that. Okay. So then that's just all if. I'll touch on Taft Hartley real quick. Yeah, that's perfect. A lot of I hear it a lot on members of all levels. They oh, I got Taft Hartley. I got Taft Hartley. It it's it's basically a report. It's not something that happens to you. It's if if a production uses a non-union member on a union contract, whether it's a stunt, principal actor, background actor, uh, that production. Or you know has to fill out a Taft Hartley form to let the union know, hey, we've you know SAG after let us know that we've used this person. Mm -hmm. So that's how they get their status of eligibility, you know, and eventually getting into the union. And that gets reported to SAG, and then yes, there's some people that still, process those. Is it still three? Uh, it's three vouchers if you if you go the route of the background voucher. There are contracts too, uh, voucher contracts. Um, if you get a principal role, that's it. Yeah. Or stunt or dance or singer that qualifies then you're immediately. Eligible. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's a process that like we're we're not membership either. <laughs> right, right, right. I know the basic process, but uh, I would encourage any of your listeners who are not union that want to get into it. The, Please read the website. There's so much information on there. The membership section itself has everything detailed. So yes. it was recently redone. I feel like it looks um, easier to navigate. Yeah, I mean, I've always found it kind of easy to navigate. There's a search bar you can put stuff in, and uh, there's drop-down menus. And uh, you know, once again, if somebody can't find something, you know, my email will be out there. Contact me, and I can guide. That'll be in the show notes, too. Yeah. And I'll also make a little chart for everyone in the notes about the theatrical levels and how it all works. Yeah, and I can try to get you more information on that or send you uh, send you more of a structured sheet on it. Oh, awesome. 
yeah, that's, that's a lot of stuff. That yeah, and below that, there's short films and student films, and we don't get to those at all. Uh, student films, I know very little about. Short films, as I have here, are uh, usually for the experience of it. Festivals, if you're pitching, you know, you've shot a section of a movie that you want to turn into a full theatrical, mm-hmm. and it's a selling point, that kind of stuff. So, Do you know what makes a student film SAG? I don't. Okay. Yeah, I, I know. Okay. I have never even looked at the student film. I think when I started, I did, but it's I don't ever deal with them, okay. so it's not something I've ingested. The okay. Um, then going off of that, our um, lovely actor Sam Valentine has booked this role, mm-hmm. and she shot it. She filmed. She got her scale day rate. We know what all of that means now, and we have those numbers, which is mm-hmm. really awesome. Um, let's talk a little bit about residuals. Okay. Because I know this is not 100% in your wheelhouse, but people have some questions yeah. about how they go about tracking those. Is there, you know, a resource that we don't know about? Yeah, there's, once again, it's, there's some information on the website. Um, I'll say real quick, we get a lot of questions in the field because sometimes when members call the inside, uh, depending on... You know how busy it is. They they may not be able to get a hold of somebody or whatever email communication. But a lot of people think we know everything. There are so many jobs at SAG after I would pull my hair out if I had to you know know everything. But membership residuals, pension and health. There's a few categories like you know we're not trained in that. Mm-hmm. We're contracts. So, however, I did look on the website. Uh, there and we, I can give you this, or I think it's on your sheet there to list online as well. It's basically sagaftera.org/content/residuals. It covers frequently asked questions. There's an unclaimed residual deal that's even on the page. You can put your name and and see if it pops up that something's on there. Estates, which deals with residuals for performers and their surviving family. You know, if something were to go go wrong. Uh, there's terminology of residuals. There's also contact information for that department. Okay, that's awesome. So it's just a good spot. It's a good yeah. good place to hit. Sometimes um, finding those little places are a little harder than they seem. So that's that's really good. That'll be in the show notes, guys. Yeah. The, where to check on your residuals and kind of how to look those up. Uh, the, continuing with the contracts. Those are theatrical. Okay. Uh, there's television contracts. You basically have, uh, network television, cable television. Um, and there's other kind there's, you know, when it comes to new media that covers everything except what I just said, network and cable Okay. online stuff, you know, uh, pay-per-view down. Yeah. All that, everything, Netflix, Amazon, and Hulu are the the three big ones that people know about, but there's you know Facebook's getting into content. Uh, it's crazy. There's so much out there. When, that's why we have to know these contracts when we go on a show. And like, what am I dealing with? That way, I'll know the information. Should I get questions from the members on them? New media is. Uh, beast huh yeah it's very facet i know a little bit about it and i can go with that if you at any point tonight yeah what 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 is the main is there a main difference between television contracts and new media contracts yes um well some i mean 
the basic, yeah. <laughs> no, the I've I'm one of those. It's weird because if you they're starting to put a little bit of information, a non member can go to the SAG after website and see the uh, theatrical some of these theatrical contracts or the commercial contract or certain TV stuff but new media it basically says call <laughs> you know i mean there's a little more information on there now uh well when i started there i was like well i'll check my staff site i work here and yeah, call you know so it's the same was the same it's uh the negotiable aspect of new media is why it's dealt with closely with the new media department. It's a very well-run department in the union, and uh, they know what they're doing. But I sought out their manager at the time and, uh, and asked her, like, hey, I want to know this contract especially for background actors, because when I go on some of these, I want to know what's included, what's not included, do they get mileage, what, you know, that's how it works. So there's three categories, I'll try to make it simple. There's high budget streaming video on demand, that's your Netflix, like The Ranch or um, Orange is the New Black, those types. And there's a tier system within that, but it has to do with, uh, like, money, uh, how much the projects have. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Now, terms and conditions on the high budget ones, especially the top two tiers, they're pretty much the same as TV. So you could go on, you know, uh, I'll use uh, Fuller House, and you would think that you're on like Lethal Weapon or something, you know, because it's the same terms and conditions. There's a middle section called special agreement. I don't know much about that one except that there's, you know, sometimes the terms and conditions can change depending on how much uh, money a production has for that project. The last one, there's a lot of. When you were mentioning ultra-low budgets mm -hmm. for theatrical, um, that last column is called negotiable new media contract. Uh a lot of times those don't include, they'll include some basics and, and we'll have to, I have to read through the individual show's contract to uh, say, okay, uh, you would, yes, if you were on this show, you would get a smoke bump, but on this show, it's not included. So a lot, a lot of times there's things that aren't included in those and it's a lower rate or it might be only the first 10 background actors have to be covered not 21 oh my god what a beast do you feel like as that is becoming more popular that the contracts are kind of evolving to look more like the television contracts you're used to um in terms of what they look like unless it's high budget i really wouldn't know i mean i know there's the union continues to try to get you know everything in line mm -hmm. but some of these low these ultra low budget uh or I shouldn't say ultra but the negotiable new media low budgets um you know producers could take these and shoot them in an area where I mean as a principal actor yeah you're covered everywhere mm -hmm. you know the GR1 we call it global rule 1 um 
but for background actors and stand-ins who make a living with that, uh, they're not covered everywhere. Will you go over that global rule one real quick? Yeah, it basically just means uh, anywhere you work on the planet, the globe, you're covered under the contract. If you're doing principal stunt, anything above you know the line, like on a call sheet, I call it the line, but it's that's not the term for it. Um, Everything's up there below. You would have special ability background, background actors, stand-ins, photo doubles. The features. Yeah, that kind of thing. So it's uh, those aren't covered everywhere. I think I mentioned I had spent a week in Atlanta doing some covering. They're doing repping for a week, Mm -hmm. and background aren't covered. So I dealt with principals and stunts. Interesting. Um, And that was... Was that specific to the shoots you were on, or was that That's in everywhere in Atlanta, yeah. It's a right-to-work state, so. Interesting. So their extras aren't union? Oh. No, not at all, yeah. That's so they're, weird. So their pay, I don't even know what minimum wage pay is, but if you do something like that, or I went to visit, you know, The Walking Dead, and I think their zombie, you know, background performers, they... They may get a special rate because they go to like a zombie school and get trained. And, you know, I saw them smoking and playing cards and stuff, (laughs) you know. Uh, But, yeah, no one's union. So I have known union stand-ins from L.A. move to Atlanta to pursue principal, you know, work. Mm -hmm. And they'll get back there. And one person in particular that I know, he... He's like, it's hard to nail down a job. I got to go with what I know. So he went to stand in on a popular TV show. And uh, he, as a union member, he can work non-union work there because there's no coverage. Oh. Yeah. That's good to know. That's but very interesting. The, the part that doesn't work is nothing gets fed into pension and health. Nothing gets fed. In, you, so there's no protections. No, it's just, and, and now you're back to square one where you're subject to... Non-union stuff, which is... Well, yeah, some of the, term, <laughs> the terms and conditions that go with it. Some and, of those don't even have terms and conditions. Yeah, I, I mean... That's some rough non-union yeah. <laughs> Even if you negotiate a higher rate, it still doesn't feed into anything. No. no. There's been so many times I've been on that didn't have, like, water. Yeah. So it's you know before I was in the union. Oh yeah, yeah I know. So there's been some out there, but yeah, there's some crazy ones. That's so interesting to know about Atlanta. Is that is that uh, is there other areas that are similar to that? Where yeah, I mean out here uh, in California, areas like San Francisco has a small area. All the Hawaiian Islands, San Diego, uh, even Vegas. Vegas has an area. But that's in Nevada's a right to work state, but because of the amount of filming and what goes on in Vegas, you know, there's a, like a ten mile coverage, I believe it is, from a central point in Vegas where you can go and do union standing work and background work. How funny! Yeah, who's gonna say Only no Vegas. to <laughs> mafia and Teamsters? You know, so <laughs> not this girl. Oh, that's so interesting. Okay, so new media is just something you. Is there a better? Is there an online resource now? Does it still say just call? Um, I haven't looked at it recently, but I think they're starting to put uh, little bits of information on it. Okay. I can check and get back with you, but it's uh, like maybe some smaller contracts if you're going to do it. You know, I, I know a lot of members I speak with that 
that want to do their own projects. Yeah. You know, if you're going, like, you as a member, if you're going to shoot something that's going to go online on YouTube and you're not using union members, then that contract's not there. But if you're going to use any union members, you have to get it signatory, which means sign it with the union. And do you know how that goes? Is that an online submission process? I believe it's done mostly online. Yeah, that's like me as a business rep in the field. There's other business reps inside. There's claims reps. There's signatory reps. Those are the ones that sign the projects. Okay. So they know more about that as well. So they but like clear projects. Yeah, they stuff. go. They they send you the paperwork. Go through it. Check off. We still need this. You need insurance. That kind of thing. Cool. It's just kind of nice to know, too, how many people are rolled into protecting performers and sets and all these things. Because I think a lot of times we get wrapped up in paying dues and this and that. And uh, we forget about how many people are working for us. And it's really refreshing and really cool to see that, you know, we're we have all these people who work with us and for yeah. us and respect us and respect our work from, you know, student films up to $5 million budget movies. It's just, it's really nice. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and the good thing about your, uh, if I can give a shout out to my team, Hell yeah. uh, Nolene, Antoinette, Pat, and Robert, and I've mentioned my uh, boss and coordinator already, but the five of us make a good team. We, each have individual strengths, and we f- we communicate with each other very well. To do, hey, this is happening on your show. I got an email from this, and it, it just it makes us that much stronger. So we love what we do, you know, or else we'd be doing something else. So <laughs> I get you there. Yeah. I understand that, <laughs> I, and I truly do love my job. I, I enjoy advocating, you know, for the members and being out there and making a difference where I can. So we're glad you're there. Trust yeah, me. I definitely try. <laughs> I, uh, you know. um, I want to ask you what questions when you go to set you wish actors would ask you. Cause sometimes, you know, people are probably like, Hey, cool. Bye. Whatever. Eating craft services. Yeah. They... But is there anything that you're like, man, I wish that I could inform someone on X, Y, Z. Yeah. You know, it's funny, sometimes I'll even walk up, when I, as you saw, when I walk into a room, if I can not disturb the production, I'll announce who I am and just say, hey, I'll be hanging out for a little bit if anybody has any questions or contract questions. And, and then usually, sometimes people, they don't have anything or they, they're not sure. So... Um, they, but if I act like I'm walking away, I'll even, you know, kind of joke like, hey, I'm going to act like I'm walking away. And then somebody will, oh, hey, I got a question, you know, or once someone's the first to ask yeah. and I love it. It opens up a, you know, dialogue. Uh, but the main thing is, yes, people, that's a, the vast majority of questions I get asked on a particular production are about another production. It's typically not what's going on on that show. It does on occasion, hey, they're not doing this, or what does this mean? Can they get a production, get away with this? Um, but it's usually, hey, I worked on this two weeks ago, or I, I'm 
this is upcoming, you know. So the questions I like, I get plenty of emails and questions, especially emails. Um, and he's very good at responding to emails, you guys. I try. I try to be <laughs> fast, yeah. And it's great because we, we're with our phones, we're able to respond like that. And it's, it's helpful because if I'm on a set and you need an answer right away and I can't get out for some reason or if I'm there for a safety issue or a stunt, then I can answer, mm-hmm. you know, and, and give you that uh, information. But um, I, I, I love hearing about the concerns that members have because that enables me to help them or try to fix it. You know, like I often keep second AD phone numbers that I get off the call sheets. And if I'm on a different set or it's after, you know, my work time, I can send them a text or an email. Hey, or call them like, this is what's going on. Is this correct? If not, please fix it. Try to do this, you know, because if I have to come out there, it's going to be a different story. (laughs) It's like a subtle warning. Yeah, it's just, you know, I don't say it quite like that, but just like, hey, you know, uh, let's work together. This is not contractual, and sometimes they don't know, you know. Um, I digress there, but the main thing is just I love it when members come to me and say, especially through email, hey, I heard this. Is this a rumor? Or what does this mean? Or I read this in the contract. A lot of members don't read the contract information, especially... People don't read contracts. Yeah, in the background, in, you know, uh, performer category... It's accessible. There's there's a great uh, app, a mobile app, SAG After Mobile app. It's got contracts there, you know. And they're currently updating some of the information digitally that was changed from the last uh, cycle period with negotiations. But I, I dig it because now you have that information, the, the member does, and it's like, Oh, you know what? I was going to go ask that AD that question, but now they're going to think that I was just trying to get additional money for something. Even though contractually now I know I don't get it. It's funny how money gives such a little twinge to people. Like no one wants to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And we everyone wants to just, you know, I want to appreciate being on set. I want to just take it in and do my art. And I mean, I would do this for free. But also, though, you got to get paid. Yeah. <laughs> you got to ask for your money. Yeah. And you got to get it where you're supposed to get it. Yeah. And there's the claim process for that, too. If, if you're not, if you're uncertain about approaching a member of the AD team or something, or, or you have gotten negative feedback, but you think that you're due an upgrade or, hey, I should have gotten that smoke adjustment, smoke bump. You know, I'm standing right there and it looks like the fog, you know, and it's just things like that, you know. Um, so, yeah, I dig it because then that, it's just great because they have that information. Like we we're not members. Nobody. I don't I'm not sure if your listeners know this, but uh, anyone who works for the union, we're staff. We're not members. So we have no say-so opinions on that type of stuff. We just enforce the contract. Got it. But, um, you know, we try to sometimes give pointers on how to, not so much how to negotiate, but what to expect. You know, I remember speaking with a young lady who, the brief part, she was on phone. I didn't know her. She was, I, she, I would, 
I was referred to her by another member that I've known for like 20 years. Check with Brett. He, he might could help. And I said, these are your options. You can either file a claim. It was stunt related. I'm not sure this would fall into that category. You may want to call our stunt department. Or because of A, B, and C, you can maybe speak this way to the AD and ask him. It's, it's your choice. And because of just simply talking about it, she was able to do that, and her and I believe it was four other ladies got went from background to stunt performer upgrades. Phenomenal. Just like that, just by over the phone, didn't even have to go to set. Oh, and that amazing. really made me feel good that I empowered, helped empower them to uh, kind of just not walk up and go, hey, shouldn't I get more money for this? Right. You educated yeah. them in a way that gave them... Yeah, I just tried, using business tactics and stuff. That's so cool. Oh, I love that. These, this, these are the things we don't know, which is awesome. Is there anything else that comes to mind for you that people usually skip that's like a bump for like a background? Well, the bumps like are basically, there's... I'm not a big... I mean, it's in there. The, the word... There's a thing that some productions call like bump chasers. Like you're always trying to get... Uh, you know, additional funds for something. I feel like if anyone who's in this union, you're a professional performer. That's why I try to go at go at that route. I've had you know some crew people like, oh, well, you know how it is. It's the film industry, and I'm like, no, it doesn't change anything. This is a business. It should be in a professional manner. Absolutely. Um, so things like a water, a wet bump, like if you get there's you know a rain machine and you're having to act in it and walk through it for the background actors. It's like uh, that or smoke or uh, certain, you know, like hair items and stuff. It's like things that have to be adhered to the skin, like a wig. You know, they could put a wig on you, like a party wig. You don't get an adjustment for that. But if it's adhered with that net, I'm sure you've seen where they're putting Uh something on that's a bump, you know. So those three things get added to the base. So if a background actor is making for like, we'll just use smoke. Uh, if they're, you know, making the base rate, and you add the fourteen dollars to it, that factors into overtime. So it it adjusts. It makes your base rate higher. Uh, everything else is kind of an adjustment. It's some stuff there's no set money for. Mostly the adjustments, like it's you know, hey, I'm you've asked me to do this and I don't mind, but eh, I'd I'd appreciate not like I think I should get more money. I'd appreciate the consideration for additional adjustment if it you know if it's there because I'm doing this and oh sure man or hey we didn't know that you were going to be bouncing around in that car so much here's fifty bucks. And that's something they could contact you yeah. about. Yeah, well, yeah, it's like, but if someone offers you know, them an adjustment, you can either say, thanks, that's great, 50 sounds good, or, mm, no, I, I honestly feel like it was worth 100 because I had to do this, this, and, you know, that's where it's up for the the member to use their negotiation skill. Mm, so Intriguing. Um, but, I mean, you never want to say if you're like, well, heck, I was thinking $20. And <laughs> so, yeah, you know, then, a pre- hey, you know. But that's something you would discuss with, like, an AD to... Yeah, I usually... 
second ADs are usually not on set too much. I mean, they are, but they're usually in the trailer running base More camp. Accessible, yeah. Second, yeah, if you can get to them if you're close by, second seconds are good people to go to. Even a production assistant, if you know someone well, or, you know, gauge them. I always tell people, just gauge your surroundings. If you're going to go up to somebody, we're all nice people. It's like, don't don't expect them to be nice back. Just be prepared. That way you don't snap back, and now you're the one being punished and not brought back on the show. If you're the bigger person, they're going to go, more times than not, they'll think, you know, yeah. I wasn't too nice there. And so they'll go up and apologize. I think sometimes people forget, actors especially, that we are in a business, like you said. It Mm -hmm. is professional settings and everyone's working for their paycheck and their job and their place. And we have to treat it as such, as much as we all want to be super grateful for everything that we get and have and all that good stuff. But you do have to treat it as a business. And utilize your resources. We pay our dues for a reason. We have access Mm -hmm. to this epic amount of people and resources and guys I will do a full breakdown of this in the show notes um so this is so cool did we did we touch on it did we forget anything yeah no I I think we got everything that I had I mean um if people think of a question they want to ask you is there a good way for them to reach out to you yeah my email is the best way perfect uh there is a number on the card but that's an answering service it doesn't go to us Okay. Uh, so emails are great. That way it gives me uh, something if I need to uh, forward information or a graph or an app or something or a uh, PDF, you know, then I can do it for that. So Perfect. Then I'll, I'll include uh, Brett's email on the show notes, guys. And I think that's it, man. That's awesome. Thank you so much for coming. This was so informational. Yeah, I sorry it. I blabbed so much. But, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about. Yeah, there is. We could have gone on for a while, but yeah, it's... You just uh, hit some like, highlights. There's... If I anything, get some more SAG people on here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if anything, I hope I've opened your uh, listeners' ears to just prompt them to be more proactive and to think like, oh, yeah, let me check with Brett or let me call... Uh, TV department or let me call the background actors department or stunts and you know and go from there just to get that information and I thoroughly recommend everybody you know re- go back on the website like I said and just you know you have a member login we don't have that we're staff I'm sure there's things in there that you can get tools and there's great there's stuff like uh, that a whole email list and lots of they send emails all the time it's yeah great. lots yeah. of information to be had so Awesome. So uh, thank you so much again for coming. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Guys, I will talk to you in just a bit. Okay, wait. Before you go, did you enjoy today's episode? I hope you guys did. I hope you learned as much as I did. And if you're like, whoa, that was a lot to process. What do I even do with all this information? If you head over to onebrokeactress.com and click on the podcast section and click on Brett's podcast, you will see a full layout of all the stuff in a very readable way. Uh, He broke it down for me in nice sections. And I also attached some links to some of the things we talked about and some of the questions I had that he was not uh, in the realm of answering on this day. So His email address is also there for you guys if you ever need to reach out to someone at SAG. He is so incredibly kind and helpful, and I cannot recommend having your own SAG contact enough. It is a game changer. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Thank you for reviewing the podcast. I'm loving reading these reviews. 
And thank you for sharing it on Instagram, on Instagram story, on your Facebook, on your email. I I don't know. Share it however you want. Snail mail. I don't know. I'm running out of ideas here, guys. (laughs) Anyway, please like, please rate, review. Please share with someone you love who needs this in their life. Thank you, as always, to Maggie Zabo for our beautiful theme song. And I will see you guys next week.